Well, that's kind of hard to follow. <laughs> it's good to follow stuff like that, though. Amen? Yeah. Well, I wanted to uh, have a, uh, you know, kind of an end-of-year message. Um, it's what I'm doing. So it's kind of sort of outside the normal, my normal flow. Like last week, we gave a Christmas message. This week, I'm giving you my end-of-the-year message. <clears throat> but I am reading a couple of verses out of Revelation and I do plan on getting back uh, in where I was at in Revelation in next next year, in 2022. But, uh, <clears throat> so really what I want to talk to you about um, is really what I felt like was the, one of the most important things I felt like the Lord spoke to me this year in 2021. So that's where we're going. Uh, Revelation 4.1. After these things I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. And so, just put yourself in uh, John's place. You know, chapter 1 through 3 was just, I mean, no kind of revelation like that has ever happened to any human being on this earth. I mean, just stunning revelation. Of the Lord Himself, and then the Lord's heart for the churches, and the messages of the churches in chapter two and in chapter three, and then you know that's a lifetime of revelation, really. I mean, uh, eternity of revelation. It's it's just so powerful. I just love the name of the book, the Revelation of Jesus Christ. It's really not a revelation of the end times. It's not a revelation of. It's the revelation of this beautiful person. And, and it really is. And John saw this person uh, in the flesh. He walked with this person. He heard him speak. He felt, felt his physical breath on him. He, he's the person who put his head on his chest at the Last Supper and heard the heartbeat of the Lord. It's just so wonderful. And then, of course, he sees the Lord, the glorified Lord Jesus, who he had never seen before except for a moment on the Mount of Transfiguration. And it was so powerful that he, he was like a dead man, the Bible says. Um, and so here he is now uh, having these revelations, and, and now he has this door. He sees a door after all that. After all of that, I'm, I'm just amazed at that. I mean, after all of that, it's like there's never an end to what God wants to do in our lives. Is we can't get enough of him. Um, um, my, I was having a conversation with my with my brother-in-law about uh, you know the it seems to be a question about you know when we say come Holy Spirit well hasn't the Holy Spirit already come you know like and my response to him was how come it can't be how, how come it has to be either or it's both and the Holy Spirit has come He's already here He's with with us always He's promised that but there's so much more to the Holy Spirit there's so much more to the Lord. Uh, that we haven't experienced and that they don't even know about. And so it, it's both and in my life. It's both and. Yes, he's already come. I can't get any closer to him, but I can know him more and more. And there's so many experiences. So I have no issues with saying, come Holy Spirit, manifest yourself in my life and in my home, in my family, my children and grandchildren and in this church. And wherever I go, Lord, let me take that manifestation. And so here John was invited to come up to the very throne room of God. I mean, to the very center of heaven. And then I'm going to just, I'm skipping over a lot, obviously. And I'm going to read in Revelations 5, verse 8. 
And of course, if you know this, he saw some amazing things there. And there was a scroll that was given, okay? There was four living creatures. There was 24 elders. I mean, it's, it's just, this thing is just really getting, it's just getting bigger and bigger. Uh, it says, now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and a golden bowl and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Isn't that beautiful? And so here he was standing there seeing and hearing uh, the plans of God, the very plans of God for the earth. You know what? All of us are seeking to know the will of God. We want, right, we want to know what's going to happen. We want to, we want to be prepared for what's going to happen. We want to hear things. And here John was, was seeing the exact thing that God was revealing. And not only was he seeing the plans of God, he actually laid his eyes in heaven on the Lamb of God, the beautiful Lamb that was slain, and saw this amazing Lamb who was the only one in heaven Okay, who was worthy to take the plans of God and reveal them and open them up. And he also saw the line, the line of the tribe of Judah, who was the same as the Lamb of God, obviously, but a different expression of who he is. So he, what John was seeing was incredible. I really believe this. The very things that the Apostle Paul spoke about when he got caught up into paradise, and he said things that could not be spoken here John is telling us the very things that Paul couldn't speak of. John was allowed to, to, to see these things, hear these things, and communicate these things to us. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful that even though Paul wasn't allowed to do that, John was, and John has. And so, so much of the, what we've been in the world is, uh, is we've been consumed with the times. You know, Maya hit on that. We've been consumed with the, the times that we live in and the, and the sorrow and the destruction and the loss that we're seeing in the world, all over the world, uh, you know, and that's been something that's been really difficult for all of us. And we wonder, we all have these wonders and thoughts about what what's lies ahead for us, what, where are we headed with all this, and and, uh, but I'll tell you something. I believe in, if we begin to really absorb what John spoke of and what he was saying is we're headed for this, the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That's where we're headed. That's where I choose to go. And I believe that's what God has for all of us. It's not that we don't have concerns for what's happening around us. It's not that we don't address those things. But what God wants to do, he doesn't want us to be consumed by those things. He's got something that he wants to consume us with. And it's, it's, it's the Lord himself and, how, and what the Lord is doing. And the Lord, is, uh, it's amazing these plagues that, were, that are released in the, the, in the book of Revelation. All these, you know, pale horses and red, you know, all this crazy, insane stuff. Jesus is the one who initiated all that. Jesus himself, our Lord, our Savior, the one we know that's for us, our dear shepherd. And so we know that whatever the future holds, he has it in his hands. And he's in control. And even though the world may think there's in control, governments may think they're in control, and people may think they're in control, but really the Lord Jesus is. And so we have a secure future. That song about our hopes in him is such a beautiful beautiful thing. Amen. Amen. You know, the creator of the times, not just the times ahead, but the, cre- the literal creator of the times ahead is calling out to us 
that's what I hear. That's what I feel. And I, I really want to be able to tap into that more and more and allow that to be the thing that really draws me and that, the thing that really uh, causes me to, be, to initiate me and moves me versus the everything else. And it is a challenge. It's a battle uh, for that. But I do think it goes along with what Sue was saying about having ears to hear, eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to understand what the Holy Spirit is saying and be a yielded vessel for these things. You know, that's really what the Lord wants. Amen? Well, um, what I wanted to kind of focus on, I love this, you know, golden bowls full of incense. Uh, you know, the, these elders had these golden bowls. The 24 elders uh, and and they had a harp also. Uh, each had a harp, it says, and they had these golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. You know, that's what I wanted to talk to y'all. Obviously, I, I got the right people here. I'm preaching to the choir literally about prayer. Okay, but I want to. Why I'm saying this is like one of the one of the most important things the Lord spoke to me this past year had had to do with with prayer, and I want to share share that with you. That was why I shared all the others to get to that one thing, the the incense that's pleasing to the Lord. The Lord is pleased with our prayers. He's literally pleased with our prayers. He, he takes joy in us approaching Him and asking Him and asking for His help and asking Him to do things for us. Um, let me read this now. I'm going to read Matthew 7, 7 to 11. And this is the this has been this scripture has just been absolutely profound in my life. Uh, Jesus said this: "Ask and it will be given to you; seek and you will find; knock and it will be opened to you." For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Let me just say right now: I think most of you know that that's a continual asking. That's what it literally means. You read that thing; the literal is is keep asking. Keep seeking, keep knocking. In other words, Jesus is saying, you know, he who is asking, he who is seeking, he who is knocking, these things are going to happen. It's not a, a one-time event. I know there's, there's times of prayer. Okay, I want to just say this. Because, you know, there, here's another, like, both and or either or thought. It's because I've had people like, what, why are you continuing? You have no faith because you continue to pray about this situation. No. Absolutely not. I, have, I continue to pray because the burden of the Lord is not lifting off my heart to pray about that situation. You see, there's a burden that comes on us in prayer. And we're to pray until that burden is released. And when that burden is released, then we have done our job. And we can step back at that moment. It's all in God's hand. Amen. So let's not have this attitude, some formula attitude about prayer. That, oh, you pray one time or you just pray forever about something. You know what I'm saying? Let's have an attitude of, of paying attention to the burden of the Lord. Jesus' burden is light. Part of that burden is prayer. Anyways, I just wanted to share that because people saying stuff, you know, people, we're all trying to find our way, okay? It's, none of that's bad. We're just all trying to find our way through this and, and do this thing, do this thing called Christianity, do this thing called kingdom living in a way that's, that we're supposed to, the way God wants us to. And we don't always know that. And there's different views on things. And a lot of it is just working through it in our own heart and hearing the Holy Spirit. Uh, or what man among you, verse 9, who, you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then be an evil. And this is, this is the verse that really was stunning to me. 
If you then be evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more, listen, will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? Give good things, listen, to those who ask Him. I have read that, read these things for four, over 45 years. I've been reading the Bible consistently all the time for four, over 45 years since I was born again. I've always had a, a love for the Bible, to read the Bible, to understand the Bible. And I can have consistently read through the New Testament over and over for over 45 years. I read through it. I start over, read through it, start over. And then not all the, all the other, other stuff I read, you know, that's not associated with just my own personal reading. I have read that scripture forever. But I've never, it, for, for, I don't know why, but that thing, those who ask him. I mean, it hit me like a... It was like, you know, you hear about people say, you know, they're reading scriptures and all of a sudden it just is highlighted to them. This was literally, I mean, it just struck me one day. I mean, it was like thunder from heaven came into my life. Those who had, how much more, how much more will your heavenly father, he's talking about the father, he's talking about God the father treating us like family. And how he wants to bless us. And I begin to pray this prayer. Saying it to, to the Lord. Lord, this is what you said. This is what your son has said. Your son said this. If you being evil. He wasn't declaring mankind as evil. He was saying, if you're even, if you are evil. And you care in your heart evil. But you do know how to do great things. Good things for your family. For your children. Those who love. How much more. How much more will your heavenly father, that speaks of a father with great love and great desire in his heart to give to us, to give to his children, but he attached a, he attached a condition to it. God has literally attached a condition. He wants us to ask him. And when I begin to state that, I could literally in my mind see the Father in heaven sitting there with a smile on his face when I quote that scripture about. Like he was happy that I was saying that to him. And literally it began to really change. I began to pray it and say that over and over to the Lord. And then I began to tell him things I wanted him to do. I began to talk to him about spiritual gifts Hope the spirit, gifts of the Spirit that I want in my life. I begin to tell him about people I want him to see healed. I, I, I begin to tell him about things I want to see happen in my family. And, and just whatever those things, I begin to be clear to him. This is what I want. These are some good things, aren't they, God, for me to ask you. These are good things for me to ask for a certain spiritual gift. These are good things to ask that you would heal this, heal our friend John L. This is a good thing, isn't it, Lord? And you are the one who came up with this thought. I didn't come up with it. Well, let me tell you this, uh, how this happened to me. This is what I believe. I had, and I've shared, I've hit on this a little bit, but I want to be careful about sharing such things because, it's, you know, I don't want nothing to become common right with the Lord. And there's so much stuff out there now. Every time you turn around, there's somebody's died and gone to heaven and come back and got some grand message from Jesus. I'm thinking, uh, well, I probably shouldn't judge that, so I think I'll just not even, you know. <laughs> it's just like everybody now, and it's become like a, this common deal, this common thing, and it shouldn't be. I'm not denying people haven't done that, by the way, because I know some people who've been to heaven, 
But anyways, so I was sitting on my, this was back in uh, summer, and I've been, and I've been doing some messages out of the Lord's Prayer, okay? Uh, and I was sitting there on the porch one Saturday morning, and, and man, and like out of nowhere, this, I saw this thing. And I saw like a portal. I literally saw this portal open, and it was about the size of a man's hand. I was actually thinking about it. It was about the size of a man's hand, but it was up there. If I would have been nearer, it would have probably been massive. It would probably been big, huge. But because it was up in the air, it was like a little small cloud, but it was a portal open in heaven. And, y'all, I am not lying to you. This is 100% true. At that moment, the wisdom of the ages I, I understood. of I knew things that were unknowable. It was incredible. And, and this is the thought that came in me. Wow, if I tell anybody about this, they will think this is heresy because it is so good. It was good beyond measure. Everything that God has, everything that God knows is beyond what we even know goodness to be. There's no definition on earth that could explain That's That's what Paul was hitting on when he said it's not permitted for a man to say. I think a lot of what he was trying to say is I don't even have a language to communicate what I heard and saw in heaven. There's not a language on earth that can, can tell that. And for that moment, I knew that. I felt that. I sensed that. But it was only for a moment. And it was like, I can't remember any of it. I can't remember nothing I saw. I can't remember the, the sensation. The only thing I can remember is the colors I saw. Because I literally, y'all, I literally, is the best I know, I saw into heaven. And I experienced what was in heaven for a brief moment. And it was like shortly after that, very shortly after that, that I was reading these verses. And the Lord spoke to me for those who ask him. So I know that that is part of what heaven has for us. You know what? Many of us have a bad experience with prayer. And here's the bad experience. Our friends didn't get healed. Our prayers weren't answered. And we, we're living on our experience. And our theology about prayer is shaped by what God didn't do and what didn't happen. And it's, it's destructive to us. And what we have to do, and, it's, and gosh, it's so hard to do, I know it is, is to believe what Jesus said versus what our experience says. We have to make that choice. You and I have to make a choice. Am I going to believe the Word of God? Or am I going to believe what my experience tells me? And you know what? Here's, here's the truth about choices. You make your choice, and your choice makes you. You know, that's the power we have. And I, we can apply that in many ways, but we can apply it also to what we believe. You see, I had to realize a lot of what I believed was not right because it was based on what, was hap- what happened to me, what didn't happen to me, what God didn't do, how this prayer wasn't answered, how that prayer. But here Jesus is saying opposite. Your father wants to do some good things for you. But you've got to ask him and you've got to trust him and you've got to believe him for the answer. That's all you got to do. You can't, but if you just go on your experience and go on what has happened to you and go on what has not worked in your life, then you're, you're set up for failure. You have set yourself up for unbelief. You have set yourself up for not receiving. And we've all done that, right? We all have this. We all have heartbreak. We all have crushing things in our life that have crushed us. 
Well, here's an Old Testament, what I call the Old Testament equivalent. I wanted to read this to you. This is a beautiful one. Don't you love Psalm 2? Does anybody love Psalm 2? Don't you love the verse there that says, kiss the son? Kiss the son. I mean, this is the answer for you. That's what, that was really what it says. Hey, just all this stuff, the kings are, of the world are plotting a plan. They think they're going to do something. Kiss the son. That's how you deal with it. You kiss him. You kiss his love, kiss his intimacy, kiss his closeness, kiss his relation. I'm not going around kissing people I don't know, you know. I kiss people I know. I kiss my grandkids all on the top of his. I'll get her to tell them goodbye. This is what they all do. They bow down like this because I kiss them on top of their head because, you know, because I think it's, you know, I don't want to kiss them on the face. It's just, you know, it doesn't feel right to me. But I kiss them because they're my babies and I love them. You know, I just love them. And that's a way of me showing love to them and closeness to them. <laughs> you know, my grandkids are really interesting. Certain ones of them, I can say, okay, I'm leaving now. Uh, I love you. Bye. No, I love you. Bye. I love you. Bye. I love you. Bye. <laughs> You're like, move on, pal. <laughs> it's just, don't you love how kids are? I'm just telling you that because I've been thinking about that. Anyways, in verse 7 and 8, listen to this. This is beautiful. I will, de- I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me. The Lord has said to me, you are my son. Isn't that beautiful? And I tell you, we can all hear that today. We're his, we're his family. We're his children. The Lord is saying that to us. You're my son. You're my daughter. You're my son. Then he says this amazing thing. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me. Here's the Father speaking to Jesus Christ. And he says, Jesus, ask of me. In other words, he was saying, Jesus, this is the way I want everything to work in the universe. I want our relationship to work like this. I want you to ask of me. And if you'll ask of me, this is what I will do for you. And I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. So God the Father has set this precedent. He has set this way that he wants us to relate to him. He wants us to ask. That's what, and Jesus, that's what Jesus was saying there in Matthew 7. That's actually, I can just imagine Jesus knowing this verse in the Old Testament and, and rephrasing it into the New Testament. Okay, there was this Old Testament foundation. Uh, so we see that prayer is not just like a spiritual discipline that some people think it is. I mean... I mean, I get where they're coming from, but I don't see it like that. It's a relational. It's how we relate to God, the Father. We, we relate to Him by asking Him, and it brings Him pleasure that we have needs that He can meet. He's saying, I want to do these things for you. I want to help you. I want to heal. I want to save. I want to deliver. I want to fix things. That's what He's saying. That's why Jesus said, uh, you know, your kingdom come. And your will be done. That was an ask. That was why Jesus said, pray that you don't go into temptation like I did. Because he went into temptation. He was saying, you don't have to go into that level of temptation. You can get out of it, but you have to ask. You have to ask him. It's just, that's just the way God has ordered his business. And here's why he has. Because he wants a relationship with us. And he knows somewhere in the asking, somewhere in the communication, somewhere in the prayer, there's going to be a closeness, there's going to be a relationship, a communion that's going to be built. It's just not that God is uh, being hard to get along with, asking us to ask. 
It's because he loves us and wants closeness and wants to do these things. And he knows the heart of man would not necessarily, would maybe would drift off if everything just happened automatically. I don't really know, but this is the way he did it. Amen? Amen. So, so the Father wants us to pray so he can answer us. He wants us to pray so he can answer us. That's what he was telling me. You've got problems in this world and you're asking me for answers. Pray. Pray for those answers. Pray and, and I will begin to tell you what to do. I will give you answers. So let me just read. Hey, I'm doing pretty good here. I'm going to give you the early church example. There's many things. There's so much I could, but I'm, just, I'm, going, to just, I'm going to give you the, the early church example. Okay, because that's our example given is in Acts 6, verse 3 through 4, and in verse 7 and 8. It says, Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you. This is when they were setting up deacons. Remember, they had problems in the church. <laughs> okay, that's kind of like, yay. I'm glad they had some problems in the early church. That makes me feel good, <laughs> you know. They had problems, so they set up this thing where they got these deacons. Uh, and you know what's beautiful about the deacon thing? Everybody, I don't really know why people get weird thoughts, but these people, that was just one thing these people did. Those guys were powerhouses. Those guys had miraculous ministries. They, they were amazing people, right? So if you ever feel like the Lord's calling you to be a deacon, you're getting in good company there all of a sudden. Seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. I love that. Whom we may appoint over this business. But listen, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. Continually. In other words, that was what, that was the, the you know, the leaders that were saying, this is what we've, we've got to, we've got to tap into this realm of, of the spirit through prayer and through the word of God. Those are the things that we must do. And in verse 7 all right, verse 7, yeah, it says, then, you know, it had a few more things. Then the word of God spread. The word of God spread. They really put it in their heart that they're going to give themselves to prayer and the word of God. And the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Those were the, the Pharisee-type people. Were all of a sudden, man, that was pretty powerful getting through them thick hearts. And Stephen, listen to this, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. So a people devoted to the word turned the world upside down. Uh, The church has never had greater power and passion than when it was simply devoted to the word of God and prayer. And I think we could safely add community because we see that. We could safely add missions. I believe that was, see, that was some of the things the Lord was telling me. If you'll do these things, if you'll go after prayer, if you, if you will make the Word of God to be the thing that you stand on, not your experience, not what I didn't do or why I didn't do or what happened, if you'll just make that, you know, and if you'll live in community with other people, if you'll be relational, and if you'll love the people, just love them. Y'all, that's what He asked. Just love the people. Let me tell you this. I'm fixing to close. Is this is when I, I was sharing this recently with some people because it really was. A, I realized that a shift had happened in my life. And so when I first started out in the pastoral ministry, I loved the pastoral ministry. I loved the ministry. I loved it. To death. I loved the church. I was a church guy. I just loved the church, and I still do. But something happened to me in life. 
Somewhere along the lines, the Holy Spirit shifted my heart where the most prominent love in my heart is not for the ministry. It's not for the church. It's for people. Because one day the Lord said, I didn't die for, I died for human beings, all human beings. And if you'll just love people, you'll find me. And so God shifted me from being, and I, I do love the church, like talking big picture. I do love it. I'm a, you know, and I do love the ministry, but I tell you this other love is stronger. It's the love that God has for humanity. It's the love that God has for the people of God. That's what God's looking for. He's looking for a people that would love. And I think that was the most powerful, you know, shift in my life. And that was a very subtle shift because I didn't realize it was happening to me. Because one day I realized, you know, I don't really think about the church like I used to. I don't think about my ministry like I used to. And I was trying to understand why am I not thinking, is this bad or good, Lord? You know, and I realized it's good because there's a more prominent love at work in your life now. We all love something, right? We all love certain things, you know. You know, I got other things I love, too, uh, besides church and ministry, but things I like to do and, and really enjoy and love doing them. And, but <clears throat> I think the Lord I just really was, you know, this year, like I said, the thing was, was the prayer. It's learning to know that God loves to hear me pray and ask him. And I shifted, it really shifted my prayer life, y'all, honestly. It changed the way I pray. It changed the sense in me of how I pray. And so I just pray that somehow, I'm asking the Lord to give us an impartation. And I know I'm talking in this room to people who know how to pray way better than do. And I'm not talking about I'm a great prayer. I'm just saying it changed the way I pray. And I do have a lot more faith for praying for impossible situations, you know, of people who, you know, you're like, this, this is impossible. They're going to die. Well, they're going to die if God doesn't do something. But I'm not dialing God out of the, I'm going to keep going after it. You know, and, this, and we're living in an impossible world with so many impossibilities and so much division. But we have, we have a line to God. We have a way to really connect with God and bring God's answers into this earth, bring His answers into our homes and lives. And, and that's through prayer. Amen. And so I want to just pray and end this. Uh, I pray, uh, Father, uh, that, that there really would be an impartation. Lord, I don't know what else I was seeing there that afternoon, that Saturday morning, when I, that portal opened up for me. And I don't even know why you even did that for me, but you did. And, Lord, I'm not exalting the experience, but I do know it was very real and it was very powerful. And I know the end of it hasn't come. There's more as we move forward in the future. But I do believe, Lord, part of what I saw in heaven was the joy that came on your face when your children approach you and how much your heart is for us to answer our prayers. And I just pray for everybody who feels abandoned and feels like you haven't heard them and feels, feels like you haven't helped them and can't understand it and have gotten into to doubt and got into unbelief. I just pray somehow you'd help them. You would love them in a way that that doubt would just, just melt away. That unbelief would just fall off them, Lord. 
And I just ask you, Father, today to reach. Somehow, Lord, help us to see you the way you really are. Even in our own personal walk. but with, So we can represent you, Lord, to this world and to each other. We could give a genuine and true representative of what the Father in heaven is really like. Because, Lord, you have been lied about. You have been trashed by the devil and by the world and may even by the church to make it look like something and someone you're not. And I just ask you today, Father, for an impartation to come on us where each of us will begin to see you in a new way, a new revelation. I pray that book, the revelation of Jesus Christ, will become a revelation in us, a reality in us. I just wanted to give you a little faith booster. Just um, two days ago, I got texts back to back, one from my daughter Grace and one from my daughter-in-law Kira. And I just want to read these to you. It's just the title. It says, Why as a cancer doctor, I believe in the power of prayer to heal. This was an article. Isn't this something? And then one right behind it. This was the National Library of Medicine. A random, a randomized controlled trial of the effects of remote intercessory prayer on outcomes in patients admitted to the coronary care unit. Isn't that something? And those were positive results on that. That It was, you know, those being prayed for. These were actually, uh, you know, a study of those being prayed for and those not. There was a difference. So it just, you know, really science itself can testify that the Lord answers and he wants us to ask. So, um, amen. So, yeah. That was really good, wasn't it? Really good. Good message. I think it's encouragement for us all just to keep praying and believing and asking, you know, that we, um, we receive. And, you know, um, I've, I've thought about this message that I've, you know, there's some, some things we deal with in life, you know, where there's loss even after we've prayed. And I feel like the Lord told me many years ago, he says, don't you worry when you get to become to be with me, it'll all be resolved there. It'll be as if it never happened. So even in those circumstances where it seems like all is lost, I believe when we get to the other side, all those prayers answered. Is that not amazing to really think about? Because he is the great reconciler. He really is. And I believe that with all my heart in we can trust the Lord even in these situations that we don't feel like we got the answer we wanted. That, you know, when my brother died and he died as an addict, I believe, I just believe my prayers are answered. I believe that. So, amen. So, um, so let's stand up, everybody that's, you know, at home, and let's just... Lord, we just thank you today um, for being with us and that you're always with us and that, Lord, you've made us to be people that can go labor with you through prayer. There's just something about it. We, it's a mystery. But, Lord, we just open ourselves up this morning, Lord, and we just pray for those who are sick. Lord, we just speak to those we love that are sick. And we speak to them right now. We come into agreement. Those who are still uh, dealing with coronavirus, 
issues, Lord, we speak to their bodies right now. And we come into agreement for total restoration with no long-term effects. We're tired of it, Lord. And we, we know that by your blood and in your name that there is healing. And we declare that healing. Those who are dealing with chronic issues where they say medical has no answer. We just, just refuse that. And we speak to our brothers and sisters healing and total restoration in their bodies. And we declare it in Jesus' name. We speak healing to your bodies today who are watching. And we declare the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus. And we ask, we ask today for total healing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And we bless you and we just say happy new year, blessed new years. We celebrate the incoming of a new year, that this will be a year of blessing and favor and health and answered prayers in Jesus' name. Amen.